Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean Old Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Happy, I guess, late Halloween, because technically speaking, Halloween was this week, and I hope that you guys had a fun-filled Halloween. Let me know what you did for your costumes, and let me know what your little ones dressed up as. But one thing I do like about the fact that Halloween has passed now is that I can pull out the Christmas trees and I can start decorating for Christmas because tis the season. Now, you guys know that I've been counting down to Christmas. So I, my mom was like, are you going to celebrate Thanksgiving? It's a no for me. It's a no for me. That will be only one month of celebration of Thanksgiving. And that would only leave one more month of Christmas. So I celebrate Christmas from November 1st, all the way to, through January 3rd. I'm that person. Christmas will be celebrated for two months straight in my household. So I am over ready. I'm more than ready to put the trees up come this weekend. So yes, the trees are going. Uh, so with this episode, we're going to talk about some bread and butter symptoms of pregnancy. And that is GI upset or what we consider as acid reflux. Now, I actually can't believe that we haven't talked about this in depth before since it's so common, but, you know, better late than never. And there have been quite a few people asking about indigestion and acid reflux and all the things that cause like yearning and burning during the pregnancy. And so I felt like we really need to talk about acid reflux since we haven't talked about it in four seasons, y'all. So acid reflux is also called indigestion. It's also called heartburn. It causes a burning sensation in your chest due to accumulation of acid production in the stomach. Heartburn, okay, acid reflux, is not related to the heart in any way. Okay, that's a misnomer. It is a burning in the region of the heart because the stomach, because stomach acid moves from the stomach up your esophagus. And the esophagus is the tube that carries food and liquid and saliva to your stomach. And that's going to run basically down the middle portion of your chest, sort of, you know, beside the region of the heart. Now, there's a muscle called the lower esophageal sphincter that sits between the esophagus, which is, remember, the tube that carries food to the stomach, and the stomach. It allows food to pass down into the stomach, and then it closes so that acid doesn't travel back up through the esophagus, okay? But if that lower esophageal sphincter, remember that trap door that keeps acid inside the stomach, 
If it doesn't close properly, then acid can literally move up into the esophagus. And that is what causes the heartburn sensation. Now, during pregnancy, progesterone or the main pregnancy hormone causes acid reflux to worsen. First, the progesterone slows down movement of food through the digestive tract or the GI tract. And it also relaxes that lower esophageal sphincter. So instead of that sphincter, that sphincter acting as a trap door to keep stuff inside the stomach, the progesterone causes that sphincter to be somewhat, oh, I'm more relaxed. I'm going to you know, let things in and out more readily. Okay. And so that is why people that are pregnant have more heartburn than others. So not only does the sphincter relax some, but food literally is just not moving out of the stomach at the rate that it would if you were not pregnant. And so this is a very, very common symptom. If I don't talk about it at least two or three times a day, there's something going on. Either I'm not at work that day or, you know, all the patients happen to be already on medicines to treat it because it's that common that I will have have talked about it at least two or three times during the day. Most spicy, greasy, fatty foods known for causing heartburn are also likely to cause problems for pregnant women. Food doesn't digest as well, like I said before, and it doesn't move as quickly during the pregnancy down your esophagus or from your stomach down to the rest of your intestines. So eating large meals or overeating in general can increase the risk of having heartburn symptoms. Eating right before bed can also cause problems as well. Why? Because not only is the food moving slowly through the digestive tract, but then you're going to eat and then sit down on that thing, lay down, right? And just let it sit in your stomach, right? We should try to be more active after we eat to try to help move the food along the digestive tract. Smoking also makes your heartburn worse and is another reason to quit, especially while you're pregnant. Now, to help with acid reflux, I always tell my patients to do the following. One, avoid the spicy and greasy foods if you can, okay, because it's only going to make things worse. Two, eat small meals throughout the day instead of overeating. The key of eating small meals, a couple bites here and there, put something in your mouth every three hours. That way, your body can digest that small meal and it can move down into the stomach and down from the stomach through the rest of the digestive tract more easily than a big meal that sits there and has to create a lot of stomach acid to be broken down. So instead, you want to try to eat small meals throughout the day. Next, elevate the head of the bed, right? So if you're elevating the head of the bed, you're less likely to have to feel that acid refluxing back up. It's just because it's gonna, the acid is going to work against gravity, right? Let gravity do its job and help move food and acid down into the stomach and down through the GI tract. So raise the head of the bed so that you have less of your reflex symptoms. Tums can neutralize stomach acid. So this can be used for fast relief. And if it doesn't work, then your provider can prescribe a medication called pomodidine or what's called known as Pepsid, which is over the counter. That can um, sort of neutralize that acid. And if that doesn't work, then they can use uh, what's called protonics or a proton pump inhibitor to actually block stomach acid secretion um, from the stomach, okay? So that is usually the, hey, if this doesn't work, we're going to throw the hammer at you. We're going to just block the production of stomach acid altogether. 
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, so now that you know a little bit more about acid reflux, a.k.a. indigestion, a.k.a. heartburn, let's go to some cases and questions. Our first case is a 38-year-old who is 29 weeks pregnant with her first child. She has a history of high blood pressure. Today, she has high blood pressure with systolic blood pressures in the 180s. She also reports a burning sensation in her chest. She has been taking Tums without relief. She presents to the ER for further evaluation. So she has symptoms of heartburn or burning sensation in her chest. So this could very well be heartburn. But the thing that's a red flag for me is that she's been taking Tums with zero relief. And usually if you have heartburn, if you take Tums, it provides some temporary relief, even if it's not longstanding and you have to adjust the doses or the frequency of Tums or end up having to go to some other type of proton pump inhibitor or like I said before, protonics. But acid reflux doesn't cause high blood pressure, y'all. Okay, so if you have high blood pressure, let's think about what is more dangerous. She's worried about her acid reflux. We're worried about the blood pressure. Why? Because high blood pressure can cause you to have issues, right? She's 29 weeks. This is the most common time to have preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is when you have high blood pressure and vascular damage, which we look for as protein in your urine. Preeclampsia, if untreated, can lead to some other complications. Stroke heart attack to be, you know, straightforward. Okay. It could also lead to eclampsia, which when you have a seizure during the pregnancy, um, that comes after pre-eclampsia. So pre means before eclampsia seizure. Okay. Because those hormones that are secreted from the placenta. So for me, I need to make sure that this burning sensation in the chest is not chest pain due to the heart having a lack of oxygen, which is a heart attack. Okay, people that have high blood pressure do have an increased risk of a heart attack. Why? Blood volume doubles in the pregnancy. So if you have any underlying heart disease and you throw pregnancy in the mix, it makes your heart work twice as hard. Why? Because it has to pump twice as much blood. And if your heart is not working effectively, then you could overexercise your heart to the point where, hey, your heart itself, the tissue is not getting the oxygen it needs to sustain function. And that's called a heart attack. So anytime I have somebody with a burning sensation in the chest and that has high blood pressure, whether it's the top number, which is the systolic blood pressure, or the bottom number, which is the diastolic blood pressure, I always want to rule out a heart attack. So for this patient, I am going to make sure we're starting an IV on her. We're going to admit her to the hospital. We're going to order some labs called troponins. And we may also order some other labs to look at the musculature to tell us if there's any long-term damage that has been going on. So if your troponins, which are drawn every eight hours, okay, times three, if you have an elevated troponin for the first one, that enzyme, that tells us, hey, there's been some underlying cardiac strain. We're not going to wait till we get all three of them. We only need one bump. 
Okay, so we get the first lab and the troponin is mildly elevated. Then we're going to call our cardiologist and say, hey, we think this person is at risk for having a heart attack. Now, mind you, you're going to get that enzyme and you're also going to get a tracing of the heart. That can give us some signs that there's a heart attack as well, or at least some heart strain. You're going to get that. You're also going to, um, you might even order a chest x-ray depending on what, what the symptoms are or a CT scan. So if she has shortness of breath and chest pain, that could also be a pulmonary embolism can present like that as well or blood clot in the lung. But the most acute thing is going to be the making sure if your troponins are bumped, heart attack, okay? If your oxygen saturation is low, then we're also going to make sure we rule out a pulmonary embolism or a, a blood clot in the lung. So we're going to call our cardiologist to see if we need to get to the cath lab. The cath lab is going to be um, where people go if you have a heart attack that's caused by a blockage in any of those vessels that feed the heart. And they're going to place a little stent to try to open up those vessels to try to get blood to the heart, try to unblock that, block that pathway to get blood to the heart. So that would be the most crucial thing. If we think somebody is having a pulmonary embolism, we're going to look at the legs to make sure we don't see any evidence of swelling. We're going to look at the oxygen saturation, meaning how high your oxygen content is. And normally we're between, you know, 95 to 100% oxygen saturation. If we have a lower oxygen saturation, that could be because of a heart attack, or it could be due to something going on in the lungs, like a pulmonary embolus or a blood clot in the lungs. The way we rule that out is by doing a CT pulmonary embolism protocol or CTP protocol to look for a clot in the lung. And most of the time, if somebody comes in with chest pain, we're going to go, we're going to get the labs and send you straight to the CT scanner anyway, right? So we can make sure that we don't have anything going on with the lungs or the heart. But if you have an elevated troponin, that enzyme that tells us heart strain, or if you have an abnormal EKG, that tracing of your cardiac rhythm, this is abnormal. We're calling the cardiologist so they can be aggressive and treat you at the cath lab. Usually, if you have an underlying heart condition, when we treat that, that helps with the burning and pain. If you have an underlying lung condition, like a clot in the lung, we treat that and that helps with the strain. Now, things like heart attacks and blood clots in the lungs, they don't, it's not snap your fingers and it's treated. These things are things that need to be treated over the course of days in the hospital so that you can be monitored very, very closely. And I bring this case in. Because people commonly mistake heartburn and have a heart attack, okay? So we want to recognize that something as simple as heartburn can be a sign of a heart attack. So if you have elevated blood pressures, even if you don't have heartburn, honestly, elevated blood pressures in pregnancy should always prompt you to go to the ER. But specifically, heartburn symptoms plus elevated blood pressure in and out of pregnancy. You've got to rule out a heart attack and a clot in the lung first and second. The case pearl for this case is acid reflux and symptoms of a heart attack can be very similar. Always get evaluated when there's no relief with the typical treatment. All right, medical intern, what's our next case? This is a question and it says, Dr. Pliny, I'm 21 weeks pregnant and have horrible heartburn. My OBGYN mentioned that I need to stop smoking to help with my heartburn. But 
what does smoking have to do with heartburn? So smoking has a lot to do with heartburn. Smoking, that smoke is an irritant, right? It is going to rev up your immune system to try to get rid of that irritant, okay? Because of that, you can make more secretions because you smoke. In addition, the smoking itself, smoking is thought to be a stimulant, but it also is going to stimulate acid production. So you want to make sure that you're not doing anything that causes your body to create more stomach acid or cause spasms of the esophagus, which could worsen even, which, which could worsen um, symptoms of, a, of heartburn. So even if you don't necessarily have more acid production, if you're having a spasm of the esophagus because your esophagus and that muscle has been stimulated by nicotine, well, it can make your symptoms even worse, okay? Additionally, people that have that smoke also have issues with oxygenation. They can also have issues with getting blood to circulate. So we want to make sure that we don't do anything that's going to stimulate more production. We don't want to do anything that's going to stimulate more inflammation and inflammatory responses that can cause you to have spasms of your esophagus, which can make secretion of stomach acid even worse. That's why we tell you, stop smoking because it's not going to do anything but cause worsening of symptoms. All right, medical intern, any more email cases or questions? Yes, this one says, does having acid reflux cause any issues with unborn children? In a nutshell, usually no. So if you have acid reflux, the fact that you have increased acid production does not have any bearing on increased risk of anything bad, specifically because of acid reflux with a child. However, people that do have bad acid reflux tend to have issues with nausea and vomiting if it's really bad. If you have issues with nausea and vomiting, that can cause you to have issues with your nutrition status. If you have issues with nutrition status, that can lead you to have an increased risk of having a small baby. Small babies have an increased risk of poor fetal outcomes and prematurity. So in the downstream, yes, acid reflux can cause issues with nutrition, right? And weight gain. But directly, like, does stomach acid secretion in general cause any bearing on the baby? No, it's not like it crosses the placenta or anything like that. Um, We're more so worried about nausea and vomiting and your nutrition status. Those are the things that have been associated with smaller baby, preterm delivery, preterm labor, because those are related to hyperemesis and low weight gain and things like that. So not specifically the acid reflux itself, but the downstream of the acid reflux is what we look out for that can have some bearing on your unborn child. All right, medical intern, do we have any more email questions or cases? And she's shaking her head, no. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about acid reflux and how it can affect your pregnancy. If you enjoy the show, make sure to share me with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypros at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And make sure to check out the website, which is drnicolepliny.com for free pregnancy downloadables and for goodness sake, catch up on all four seasons of the podcast. 
In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.